Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? Welcome to Senior Living Connecticut, a show that explores solutions for Connecticut's families and adults striving for the best in senior living. I'm Bill Corbett, manager at Evergreen Crossings Independent Senior Living and author of the book, The 2.0 Entrepreneur. And I'm Jennifer English, the marketing director at Avery Heights Senior Living. We're sitting down with industry area subject matter experts in this show to find out what they've learned along the way and get them to share it with us to help families in the Connecticut area. You know, mom and dad, moving them into an assisted living community is something that a lot of people have to think about, and it's not an easy decision to make, nor is it uh, one that we really want to bring up, and it's hard to understand. After living independently for so many years, it's difficult to transition into assisted living, especially if the decision isn't yours to begin with. So experts recommend taking seniors to a variety of assisted living facilities so they can check out their options and see how great these places can be. Focusing on the future instead of the past is key to feeling good about moving into assisted living. In the past, one lived alone. But uh, there's a whole different outlook now for the future of assisted living. Margaret Kuhn uh, was an American activist known for founding the Grey Panthers. And she's quoted as saying, old age is an excellent time for outrage. My goal is to say or do at least one outrageous thing every week. With us on the show today is Liz Cornish. She's the owner of New Season in Life. You are a senior and memory care consultant company, correct? That is correct, Bill. Thank you. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. I am a physical therapist by profession. spent the last 30 years working in assisted living and memory care communities. And so about three years ago, I started my business because I realized that so many people did not understand how to navigate assisted living and memory care, what questions to ask, and how to even make the right decision. So I started my business to help seniors in that process navigate the the communities. So we're addressing today seven signs that it's time to consider assisted living. Where do we start with that? So I think the first place to start is always safety. When we look at assisted living or when we look at um, somebody at home, we need to look at that and to see if they're safe. Have they had any falls? And have they're they, not going to tell you, by the way. So they are not. The time they're going to have a fall, and they're not going to tell you. You're going to actually hear through the grapevine. One thing they don't want to admit to that they had a fall. Does that mean you're going to show up for the visit and go, Mom, why do you have that black and blue mark? Yes, I bumped myself. Yes. Or how did that hole get in the sheetrock? Those oh. are, yeah, so. So sometimes look for the signs because asking is not always telling. Sometimes you have to be a little bit of a detective and really look at certain things. And don't try to point it out as a bad thing because they're going to try to hide more things from you. Absolutely, Jennifer. Along those lines as well, things to look at are in the kitchen. Do you notice any burnt pots or the smell of something old that food. is burnt or old food, things that aren't getting cleaned out as well. Mom, so, why is that back wall all burnt from a fire? Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> we hope it doesn't get that far, Bill. <laughs> all right, so number one is safety and supervision, Yes. right? All right, what else you got? Number two. Access to care. What we find is many times seniors start making excuses not to go to the doctor's office. And not that there's a snowstorm or it's icy, but that there might be a little rain. And so they say, we're not going to go. I'm not going to go. Or I'm a little too tired and I'm not going to go. So now we've got a uh, situation where they're not getting access to their medical care and not getting the follow-ups. And they're doing this because they want to stay within their safety bubble. Correct. They get scared. They get nervous about leaving because maybe they did have a fall. 
or maybe they're forgetting how to make their way to the doctor or their eyesight's getting worse and they will they'll try to channel that and be like I, I i can't make it today let's reschedule right and a lot of times it's just because they're totally exhausted when they come back um trying to take a look at have they canceled things that really didn't make sense to cancel all right number three You've got managing medications. Number three is a big one. Medication management is huge. So many times you need to look. You need to look at their medication box. Um, Hopefully they're putting medications or somebody may be putting medications in their medication box. Are they taking them appropriately? Are they mixing up their morning or their nighttime medications? Um, Skipping medications. And one that people don't think about a lot are taking a look around the floor and seeing, are there pills on the floor? Because as we age, getting them out of the pill box and into the hand, things spill, and they may not even notice it. And so they think they're taking all their medications, and they're taking them correctly. It may look like it because their med box is empty, but there may be pills on the floor. We find that a lot. And then their dog picks it up, yes. and or then we got big problems. Or a grandchild, <laughs> even worse. All right, number four. So changes in personal hygiene are... Again, things to look for. Did did dad always wear, you know, shower every day and wear a button-down shirt, uh, pants, and a belt? And now all of a sudden he's wearing baggy sweats and, you know, not taking a shower very often. He says, oh, well, I'm not doing much. I don't need to shower every day. When actually a lot of times when we do the digging, it's because they're scared or they're fearful of showering or they had a slip and fall and they didn't tell anyone. And to get over that tub to get into the shower is now a huge obstacle. And they maybe did have a fall on it and now they're like, I don't, I want to avoid that. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And as far as clothing goes, you know, they'll tell you, oh, it's, they're more comfortable. Sweatpants are just more comfortable when it may be that they can no longer do the buttons or they can't do the belt buckle changes in their personal hygiene, how they're dressing, those are things to just red flag. I, I had a friend who would go over there and have his dad take a shower, close the bathroom and wait, and he always came out well done. Discovered his dad would go in there and just sit there and turn the water on because uh-huh. he didn't want to get in the water and refuse to shower up. Absolutely. And it's about dignity, too. Like, they don't want to show that they can't do it, especially with the seniors we're dealing with now. Like, they fought for everything. They're proud. They're strong individuals. And we have to remember that. And we Absolutely. have to validate that. And they um, are the greatest generation. I mean, validate. That's a really good point. Don't scold them. No. Um, I'm getting from this right. because you're going to make it worse. They're going to back off. It's fight or flight. Then, if you right. if they feel scolded, they're just going to back off. All right. Uh, the next one: changes in moods and behavior. Things to look out for: unpaid bills or checkbooks that aren't correct. You know, if you may get the uh, late notice, you may notice there's something in the mail that says late notice or last attempt to collect, and any skipping meals. This is a big one too. People will tell me all the time, "Oh, I only eat two meals." Well, whether you're thirty, forty, or eighty. You still need to eat three meals a day. We still need the same nutrition. And so if you're not eating a meal, that's problematic. And so we need to kind of dig into why. Most of the times, it's because it's just hard. It's hard to cook dinner. And so... Or sometimes they don't want to make it because they're only cooking for, for one. one. Right. Oh, and they're like, oh, well, what's the point? Right. A couple different options. My mother just actually is in this situation now. Just a couple months ago, Just she wasn't eating correctly. So... 
everything else on her checklist was was pretty much okay. So I just started batch cooking and bringing stuff. So all she has to do is take it out and put it in the microwave. But you have to check that because there's a lot of families who do that, which is wonderful. But you still have to you check. Do. You do. Absolutely. You have to follow up. You can't just assume, hey, I dropped off seven meals that all seven meals are eaten. Correct. Correct. All right. We've got number six, connections and basic social socialization. One of the big things that gets overlooked a lot and I think really is one of the most important things is socialization. We've lived just lived through two years of people being isolated. And according to a recent study that was done and published in the U.S. News and World Report, excessive isolation is the same detriment to health as smoking 15 packs of cigarettes a day. Whoa. Being alone especially. So if they don't have people coming, if, if the children are far away – if there's not a lot of friends that can come in and in and out, being alone can take a huge toll they also on health. Need a sense of purpose. And when they lose Absolutely. That sense of purpose, what's the what's the point? Right, right. So assisted living allows them to be social with peers of their own age, as well as other people, because when they're in assisted living at that point, there's eyes on them from the receptionist to the nurse to the healthcare people to the wait staff. And all people can be looking at them and, and socializing with them. Um, with me on the show is my co-host, Jennifer English. Jennifer, you are uh, – tell us a little about your community. So we are located in Hartford in between Newington and West Hartford, and we're a continuum of care. So we have independent living, assisted living, memory care, short-term rehab, skilled care, and intermediate care. As long, And we also have cottages, so we can you can age in place with us gracefully. And I'm Bill Corbett. I am the manager of Evergreen Crossings. Now, even though we're independent living, there are many who do come to live in our community who have uh, assistance in some capacity or fashion. Let's get to number seven to wrap this up and tell us what the last one is. So number seven, I I alluded to um, just a minute ago, is that there are a lot of eyes when someone's in assisted living. Things that can be picked up on, they tend to have better medical health and medical care because there's a lot of people looking at them. And it's not just the nursing staff or the, the caregiving staff that may pick up on something that's going wrong. Many times I've had people pick up on things. It's the wait staff. The wait staff will notice, you know, she, mom, this person's not eating what she used to drink. She's not drinking what she used to drink. And they let the nurse know and, and everybody within a community, within a senior living community, whether it's independent, assisted, continuum of care, works as a team for the benefit of the resident. They'll have more access and more eyes on them to pick up on potential conditions that would not be picked up on if they were home alone. And to be honest, what I hear all the time is they wish they came sooner. Yes. So don't start at a school. Really? Start at independent. Yes, right. because it was that initial fear where they were afraid to come because they didn't know. They expected it to be like a nursing home, and right. it's not because that's how they were raised. So my point of advice is go sooner than later. Start with independent and then go with it because you're going to retire, retire to retire. One of the suggestions I had in the beginning was take them to multiple places to see what their options are, correct? I say narrow it down for them because that's very, Which is what we do. Oh, yeah. Get down to at least two to three places. Correct. The ones that you feel comfortable with and then present it to your family because honestly, it could be too much. How can people get in touch with you, Liz? They can reach me via our um, phone number, 860-841-9504. Or they can go on my website, which is www.newseasoninlife.com. We've been talking to Liz Cornish, uh, owner of New Season Life. Uh, Jennifer, how do they, can they get in touch with you? You can reach me directly on my cell phone at 
972-2583 anytime. Give me a call or text. And, of course, you can reach uh, us at Evergreen Crossings at 860-327-8899. We are uh, independent living. You've been listening to Senior Living Connecticut, a show that explores solutions for Connecticut's family and adults to help them get the most out of life and to really enjoy the life they have now. Listen to us next week. We'll see you then.